Hi, I'm Coach Corey Wayne, and this is my video coaching newsletter. And the topic of today's newsletter is going to be, I don't want to be poor anymore. I've got an email. Actually, this was from a, a guy who follows me on Twitter. Apparently, he's from Ghana, and he's upset because he's like, hey, I'm living in the United States. This is supposedly the land of opportunity, and I'm tired of fucking be, being poor. I could be poor, and I could be in Ghana and be poor. What's Why should I stay here? in the states so I'll read you exactly I got a quote that I wrote and then I'll go through his tweet and I'm gonna go through what he should start focusing on so the quote says you must be willing to endure pain hardship failure and suffering for something you love for sometimes decades in order to eventually become knowledgeable talented and skilled enough to become great at it and reach your income earning potential it is only when we are internally driven by our heart and passion for something that we are willing to suffer, tolerate failure, and endure ridicule from our peers, family, and society to achieve it. If you have an emotionally compelling reason why you want to get in shape and have a great body, then you will suffer the strict diet, workout routines, and discipline necessary to get the results you want over time. The same holds true for quality relationships, careers, businesses, and your ideal dream lifestyle. If what you want is not awesome enough and compelling enough to willingly suffer for years to accomplish it, then you must keep searching and researching until you find something that is. Desiring to become rich is not a successful or compelling strategy to become wealthy. Becoming skilled, talented, and wise so you can add value through a useful product or service is. If you notice, like I'm probably everybody that's watching this is at some point in their life had somebody approach them about some kind of MLM thing that promises wealth and riches and extravagant lifestyle. And that's what they tend to all focus on is how much money you're going to make and how successful you'll be. But when you focus on what you actually have to do day in and day out, week after week, month after month, year after year, to reach the level of the people that are really succeeding at the highest level and those things that's why a lot of people sign up they part with their money they do it for a little bit and they're like eh because they're not really excited it's not really a compelling proposition they don't really feel like they're adding serious significant value to other people's lives that's why the overwhelming majority of people that join those things they lose their money and they walk away bitter and pissed off people ruin their friendships they ruin their family relationships because they get all their friends and family talk them into, oh, yeah, this money you're going to make if you just join this great, but it's not an MLM, it's not a pyramid scheme, but they're all the kind of the same thing, the same kind of sales pitch. If you don't really love and believe in the product and you're not fucking passionate about it, when you get enough rejection and you hit the wall enough and you don't see results, eventually you're like, this ain't for me, and you're going to walk away, and they're going to be pissed off because you parted with your money. So this guy actually, this was his actual tweet to me. He says, I don't want to be poor anymore. Why should I be in the land of opportunity? I could live in Ghana and be poor. Why be here? Well, because in America, you really can be anything you want. And we are the freest, most prosperous country in the world. We have the largest economy and we have more wealth than any other nation on earth. You can be anything that you really want want but the key is what is it that you want to be 
Now, the average person that wants to be rich or dreams about being rich is they they think being rich is like something that's lucky or it just kind of happens magically or you kind of win the lottery or you got to be in the right place in the right time. And at the end of the day, I don't I personally don't don't believe in luck. I've just found that there is no such thing. Luck really boils down to preparation meeting opportunity. It's like Abraham Lincoln said. He says, I will study diligently, I will work diligently, and someday my chance will become. Well, is that a result of luck? I mean, a lot of rich, some rich people will say, I was lucky, but it's really not luck. They were prepared. They were looking for an opportunity. They were acquiring skills. They were acquiring knowledge. They expected to eventually succeed. And so when an opportunity came along, it presented themselves. I'll give you a perfect example. I went to school for construction management. I wanted to learn to build because ultimately I eventually wanted to get into real estate so I could buy, fix, and sell single-family homes for a profit. It's all I ever wanted to do when I was younger. And I didn't actually, I started a business when I was, what was I, 96? I was 26 years old when I started my company. But I started on that career path back when I was 18. And there were lots of other things that I looked at along the way. I mean, I attended bar when I was in college. And the first couple of months I was doing, I was thinking, you know what? Maybe I'm not going to finish school. Maybe I'll just be a bartender the rest of my life because this is a pretty damn good living. I'm having fun. All my friends come in. I'm, you know, I was being the party. And obviously, like everybody does when they're in their early 20s and in college. But after about six months, I was like, this fucking sucks. I can't wait to get out of here. And I, no matter what, I kept moving forward with my plans to get my construction management degree. But there were other things I looked at. There were people that brought MLM things to me that I, I looked at. I looked at getting into business with a couple different friends of mine, buying and selling houses, but they never ended up following through. They were excited at first, but when it came to signing on the dotted line or putting their money up, they just didn't do it. They kind of fell out along the way. I was really into saltwater mini reef fish tanks as well when I was in my my teenage years and up through about my mid-20s. And for a time, I was thinking, hey, I'm going to make these wet-dry filter systems. And I was really excited about it because I'm mechanically inclined. So I bought a big, giant piece of Lexan and started experimenting with it. And after I experimented, I was like, no, nah, this is not really appealing to me. But at least I looked at it. It was something that was interesting and compelling. I had a passion for raising fish and mini reef tanks and all the special lights and everything else that goes along with it, balancing the water out and all that kind of stuff. But I didn't stick with it because I wasn't willing to suffer for it. It was something that was fun, it was exciting, and nowadays I, I haven't had a fish tank in 25 fucking years. But that, the thing was, I, I was interested, I had a passion for it for a while, I explored it, and ultimately it wasn't something that I loved enough and was passionate enough to stay in it. So I eventually, when I finally graduated, I, I went to work for the largest general contractor and construction company in the world in the 90s. And it was kind of like a nice capstone for my construction experience at the time. But after working for them for a year, then I finally quit and I started my business and started buying, fixing, and selling single family homes for a profit. And so when I, I quit my job, I remember was, I quit back, it was like November of 90, 96 when I quit. 
and I had two houses that I was working on. I later did a couple of houses with my former father-in-law. And I realized, you know, you take on more mortgages and you don't really have any cash flow coming in until you sell the properties. I realized eventually I'm going to run out of money in four or five months. And so I, I realized within about two months that I needed to have some kind of steady cash flow. And it's the same process for buying and fixing, selling a house. And it's the same kind of risk, whether the rehab that you're doing is $10,000, carpet and paint, stuff like that, and some basic cosmetics, maybe a little landscaping. Or you do a house and you got to spend twenty or $30,000 doing a, doing a remodel to it. But the risk, obviously the risk is there. And so the more money you put into a house, obviously you want a bigger profit margin. So I knew where to get my properties from. And there was this company that I was buying my houses from. And that was kind of their specialty was the, helping the buy, fix, and sell investor. And so because I was in there all the time looking for better deals, hey, you got any new houses, you got any, you know, any new deals? I was constantly asking questions. I was like, well, where can I find better deals? And I'm like, well, the only way that... I could teach you that is to make you an acquisition agent and bring you on board. I was like, great. When are you going to hire me? He was, well, we just hired one person, but about three or four weeks, maybe. And I was in there at least once a week because I was still working on the houses that I had. And I just got to know the guys and became friendly with them. And they liked me and I liked them. They were a bunch of, you know, guys are around my same age. Some of them are a little older. And I talked my way into getting a job, and then I got my real estate license. So by working there, I was able to find out how to find those great deals so I could cherry-pick houses here and there and then flip the ones that I didn't want to do to other investors. I also was able to learn how to finance them through FHA, regular Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac type of loan products once they were all fixed up. I also made contacts where I was able to get the hard equity loans because you can't put an FHA loan in a house when you got a big giant fucking hole in the ceiling in the living room or it's got fire damage or you can't put a normal mortgage on a house like that. And so we always were getting hard equity type of loans, temporary construction loans, if you will, from private investors. It tended to be more expensive, obviously. We we're talking like 12, 14% interest rate on them, but they were interest only. And they were only for one year term just to help you get through the construction and then sell it to an end user once it was fixed up. So by going to work for them, I learned how to find deals for myself. I learned how to find get the end user financed. And I also learned how to sell them. I learned the real estate industry. And so that added to my skill set. And then I eventually left to go into business with a couple of guys that I was working with there. And after butting heads with one of my business partners who was constantly competing against me, with outside third parties that were bidding on the same houses that I was, I was looking around, I was like, I'm just fucking tired of this. I need to find a way where I can grow my income. And because we had a mortgage lender's license and we had a real estate broker's license, and I knew how to find buyers for our houses that were fixed up like new condition, I was like, why don't I just do the same type of advertising? And then instead of just selling the houses that we fixed up and sold, then I can sell them to just regular properties that were in the MLS system. And then, uh, you know, over the years, I built that into, we had a television show that ran. We were doing 30-second spots in the news. So we started doing regular mortgages and regular real estate and taking listings. And it's like that whole process that I just took you through was kind of like my process of going into something that I loved and I was passionate about. And as I worked in it and as I suffered for it more, if you will, 
I never lost my, my passion for it. I was always excited. I was always looking for the, what else can I learn? What else can I do? Here's another part of the industry that's really exciting and compelling me. Let me look at that. And as you get more into things and you work at things that you're, you're passionate about, you see other types of opportunities. And I eventually got to the point where we had built, we had seven companies between us and we were grossing about $7 million a year. We had a title company, we had holding companies, we had a real estate company, we had a foreclosure company, we had a wholesale mortgage company that did only hard equity loans, and we had another division of our mortgage company that did, did regular FHA, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac type of, or 100% type financing loans. So we had a lot of different companies and it was just four of us, my two business partners and one assistant. And eventually we grew that over the course of six or seven years into 40 people in those seven different companies just because we saw other opportunities as we got more into the business. And the only reason we got more in the business because we all really were passionate about what we were doing and what we, what we could potentially do with it. That's why it's so important to pick something that you love to study it and to research it. And then I got to the point where I was just burned out. I no longer had the same internal enthusiasm for that business that I once had. But the, a big thing that had led to my success and the mindset that I had learned about being successful by studying people like Tony Robbins or Wayne Dyer or Zig Ziglar or Tom Hopkins or any, but any other kind of self-help, I'd been applying this stuff in my business my whole life and I thought if I was going to start over when I want to do what I'm doing now in real estate and do it on my own without my business partners or would I want to do something completely different? And the first thing that popped in my mind was being a life coach. And that's when I decided to write my book. And the reason I was able to write that book is because I had spent so much time working on myself and developing myself and learning skills because I was passionate about self-help and figuring out how I could get everything that I wanted in my life I'd learned a lot of skills. If, you've, if you're familiar with the Dilbert cartoon, Scott Adams, who is a multimillionaire, wrote the cart, does the cartoons, he wrote a book called How to Basically Fail at Everything and Still Win or something along those lines. And he has a term that he calls talent stacking. And he's like, I'm not really super great at one thing, but I'm good at a lot of things. And when you become good at a lot of things, many of those talents that you have will align and you can turn those into other businesses. His book does real well. I highly recommend it. It's on Amazon. You can get an audio version or the paperback or the Kindle version. But it's like I have a lot of things that I've learned in my life in the construction industry and in sales and self-help, personal growth, different spiritual traditions that I've been studying my whole life. I've been studying history my whole life, foreign policy my whole life. Obviously, I come from a family of men who've been in the front lines in our wars that we've had. My cousins have served in the military. Many other family members of mine in the military. Lots of friends of mine have been in the military. And I'm something I always had a passion about. And when you study a lot of things that you're passionate about, the older you get, you learn things, you start to see things, you're able to connect dots that most people don't see. And when you're passionate about these things, opportunities, you just see them that they're there, just like the business that I have now. Like when I got to the point, like a big thing for me was all the success that I had, the, the book that I wrote, 
about dating and relationship for guys is just that's just the first book that I've written in a series and as many of you know I'm working on a second book and eventually a third and a fourth book it may take me another decade or two to crank out all the other books that I'm going to write in the future but it's it's through going through the process of building many successful businesses over my life being able to get what I want physically with regard to my body and my health getting what I want in my personal relationships getting what I, the kind of friends that I want in my life coming up with an idea and then building a multi-million dollar business out of it these are things that I've done over and over because I've learned the science of achievement fundamentals these are all these things that I teach and so if you wanna if you're poor now and you wanna be rich in the future you gotta start focusing on learning about things that you love and you have a passion for developing skills in those areas working for other people that will enable you to get up every day and go to a job that you love and you have a passion for. And when you get to a point in a job that you're working where you no longer have the same level of enthusiasm for that job that you once did, you got to be strong enough to say, this sucks, I need to do something else and start looking for the next opportunity, start looking for the next job. Because most people, they start working on a job they might really enjoy, they might love it for a while. And then they kind of stagnate. But because they've developed a life and a lifestyle, maybe they got kids, maybe they got obligations, maybe they got a big car payment or a mortgage, whatever it happens to be, they only focus on trying to maintain what they have. It's like they just kind of stop, stop learning. It's like somebody that works in the restaurant business. Like somebody goes and they learn to be a cook. And they like being a cook, but they don't really fucking love it, but it pays the bills. And they're not really doing anything to learn any other skills. Now, somebody that goes to work at a restaurant and becomes a cook because they fucking love being a cook, it's like when you love what you're doing, you're always looking for opportunity. You're always looking for ways to expand and grow your skill set and explore other things that are interesting and compelling to you. You look at a lot of chefs that have restaurants. You look at somebody like Wolfgang Puck, who's got a very famous chef. He's got very successful restaurants. There's one of them in Orlando at downtown Disney area that he, it's called, uh, it's just Wolfgang Puck's basically. I've been to the one in, in LA. I've been to the one in Orlando. The one in Orlando has been there for 20 plus years now. You know, somebody like that loves food, loves cooking. You go and you, if you're, say you go and you become, eventually become a cook. It's what you want to learn to do. And then you start hiring other people to work for you and you train other people. Maybe you move over in management. Maybe you, if you've ever been to Wolfgang Puck's restaurants and you've gotten to meet him like I have, he's not in the kitchen all the time. He's out meeting and greeting and shaking hands with the customers and getting to know people. He learned every aspect of the restaurant business. He didn't just strictly focus on becoming a great chef and that was it. Because people that are entrepreneurial minded and say they love cooking, they go and they learn how to cook, but they learn other things as well. They learn how to negotiate better deals from your suppliers that supply you the food that you're cooking or the ingredients that you're cooking or the cups or the dishes or the cooking supplies or the, the wine or the drinks that you can serve in the restaurant. You have to learn all aspects of it from other people that have already figured the hard stuff out. It's like the company that I went to work for when I was in real estate. 
I went I went to work for them because I knew a little I knew of the construction industry which was a small part of this big group of things that I needed to know in order to be successful in the buy fix and sell business and by going to work for this company these guys had already been in business for seven years at that point and so they'd made a lot of mistakes they'd had a lot of properties they bought and sold and made money on they would had a bunch of them that they had lost money on they had plenty of them that they had broken even on and they had kind of perfected their business model by the time I went to work there and so by going and learning from somebody or going to work for somebody or at least be mentored from somebody who's already figured things out they've kind of made all the hard mistakes already and because I loved the business and I had a passion for it I was eager to learn I was like a fucking sponge I was like how do they do this how do they do that I wanted to learn these things because I loved it, because it was it was compelling to me, because I was passionate about it. And when you're passionate about it, it doesn't really feel like work. It's like everything is new, just like a kid. You give a kid a cardboard box, he'll play with it all damn day. He'll build something out of it. He'll turn it into a spaceship. Maybe he makes it into a car. Maybe he turns it into a house, cuts the windows out of it. Maybe he gets a couple boxes and ties them together. And, you know, these... I mean, it's amazing if you watch a kid, it's like you give them one simple thing and they can really be excited and keep themselves entertained the whole fucking day. But it's like how many of us do that as adults? It's like most adults get to a certain place, they learn a skill, and then that's it. They just have, they don't grow anymore beyond that. And so if you you want to get from where you are to where you want to be, you want to go from being somebody that's punching a clock or earning a steady paycheck to eventually becoming wealthy, you got to focus on learning skills and being involved and immersed in something that's exciting, that's compelling, and that you love. And the one big thing that I always did when I worked for other people was when the job wasn't fun anymore, when it was no longer exciting and compelling, I knew it was time to move on. And instead of just upping and quitting my job, I would look for the next opportunity and go on interviews, whether it was on my lunch break or at night or on the weekends. And once I got something lined up and I had the employment offer and they wanted to hire me, I would give them the date that I could start. And then I would put my notice in with the company that I was working at and I would have a nice smooth transition. And most of the time I would go from making, I was always making more money with the exception of when I went from working for the general contractor in Fort Lauderdale to moving to Orlando because I wanted to work for that specific particular contractor. So if you're in a place and you want to some help, maybe formulating a plan to figure out what your purpose is, what you really want to do, or maybe you just feel like you're kind of stagnated in your career or your business and you'd like to get my pers perspective on things to help you figure it out what it is you really want to do, Go to my website, click the products tab, and book a coaching session with yours truly. And I will talk to you soon.